Hi, I'm Bob Sewell. I'm a lawyer. In fact, I'm a partner at the law firm at Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. I started this podcast because my clients always ask me, is that even legal? I want to discuss on this podcast how the law affects us and changes our daily lives. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope it is meaningful to you and I hope you learn from it. Thank you. Welcome to the 20th episode of the podcast, Is That Even Legal? Today's guest, Sarah Clifford. Sarah Clifford is a friend of mine. She's a trust and estate attorney. She's a graduate of Brigham Young University, um, and she's a great person. So, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Bob. I want to know how I can haunt my children from the grave. I mean, it is... October, we're approaching Halloween. I want to be able to control their life from the grave. Is that even legal? Is it possible? Maybe. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> tell me a story. Okay, so Tommy Franklin Mainville Jr., um, it's the Roaring Twenties. Let me set the stage. It's the Roaring Twenties. He is the heir to the asbestos fortune. Okay. His grandpa um, is Charles Manville, has an estate of about um, $2 billion in today's money. Um, that would be what it's worth. And Tommy is basically the Kim Kardashian slash Iron Man without the suit of the 1920s. Everybody wants to follow what Tommy Manville is doing. Um, and his grandpa is you know he's a little bit rambunctious playboy um with the tommy's the rambunctious playboy yeah so tommy tommy is a playboy um i think iron man without the suit kim kardashian um his grandpa decides hey we're gonna try and get tommy to settle down um so he puts into the trust tommy gets a distribution of trust money um whenever he gets married and it's a pretty large sum we don't know the exact amount um because trusts aren't part of the public record but um think you know he gets a million dollars every time he gets married okay (laughs) so (laughs) all right every time he gets married i i hear a punchline coming on this yeah so when he gets married so tommy is a smart smart guy and he starts off the serial marriage scheme where he will marry women, um, get the distribution of trust money, split it with them, um, and then get a divorce shortly after. Okay, okay, this is insane. So apparently the trust says every time he gets married, he gets some big sum of money that we don't know exactly how much, but we think it's, say, a million bucks in today's dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And so he decides to marry... How many women? So he marries 13 uh, times total to 11 different women. So there are some second marriages in there. He starts listing his um, occupation as retired businessman or looking after my estate. And he starts posting ads in the newspaper. Remember, he's the Kim Kardashian. So everybody's watching what Tommy Manville is doing. He starts posting ads in the paper. I think I want my next wife to be blonde. Looking for a cute blonde. Um, (laughs) Some of his marriages. So he was married in 1942. Um, He was married in November. They divorced in January. In 1943, he was married in... Sorry, I'm going to repeat that. Going back. So in 1941, he was married in November, divorced in January. In 1942, he was married in October, divorced in February. Um, In 1943, he married... A girl who had been married four times before, she was 20, um, had, had been married four times before. They married in um, August, divorced in October, but they were separated after eight hours. Oh, my goodness. 
somehow this doesn't seem I, I I'm I'm very familiar with incentives trust because we're working on a case involving incentives trust right now in my personal practice and but the, I I thought the idea of the incentive trust was to motivate good behavior. It, this seems to be a little counterproductive how this trust was written. Oh, this definitely motivated behavior. <laughs> I don't know if this is the type of behavior. He actually ended up setting the Genesis Book of World Records for most number of divorces. I don't know if that's the type of behavior you want to motivate, but unfortunately, um, the attorneys that drew up the trust put in this giant loophole. Whenever you get married, you get a distribution of trust money. So what can – so if, if we're doing – if we're putting together an incentive trust in, real, in today's day, we want to avoid negative things. What can't we do with an incentive trust? Well, you can't incentivize someone to break the law. So I can't say, hey, Bob, you can only get a distribution from my trust if you go burglarize. Every time you go burglarize a bank, I will pay you out a million dollars because I want you to live an underground life of crime. You can't do that. Um, You also can't uh, create incentive trusts that would violate public policy. So public policy are things that we've decided as a society, this is good behavior, this is what we want to encourage so things like you can't say to your kid, if you divorce your current wife, I'll give you money. You can't say to your kid, don't support that child and I'll give you money. You can't say to your kid, um, if, you're, if you marry within the faith, I'll give you money. All those types of things are bad, right? Yeah, all those types of things are bad. So usually... It- tends to deal with familial relationships. So if you're trying to control who somebody marries, when they marry, when they divorce, um, how many kids they have, if they have kids, those are generally going to be against public policy. So, but we also could incentivize, though, good behavior, right? Yeah, and I see incentive trusts all the time. And the sky is really the limit with what you can do. Um, So like I said, we can't encourage people to break the law. We can't do things against public policy, but beyond that, the world is really your oyster. You're, I hear it said that whatever your imagination can think of, you can incentivize that. Yes. Yeah. So let me tell you kind of a fun example that I heard. Uh, I had a colleague who had a client, um, or maybe that's too convoluted. I, I've heard of a client who was a really big sports fan, college sports fan, and he wanted to make sure that wherever his grandkids went to school, they were always cheering for his college team. And so what he said is whenever my college, my alma mater team beats their rival, the trust will pay out $2,000. As a broke college student, of course, it doesn't (laughs) matter where you go to school, you're going to be cheering for that team. Um... You know, if, if you, you have $2,000 on the line. Yeah. That is amazing. That's dedication to a team, tell you that much. Okay. Um, often hear of, as long as you don't do drugs. That's one. If, if you stay off drugs, you don't want to be incentivizing your child to continue to do drugs or to somehow enable that child to do drugs. So I see a lot in incentive trust where they say, so long as you stay off drugs. I see... So long as you don't have felony convictions, you get my money. What else have you seen? Yeah, education is a really common one. So 
you know, if you get an associate's degree, I'll pay you this much. If you get a master's degree, I'll pay you this much. Or even saying, look, we will contribute money towards your um, college tuition is also, um, you know, a, a really common one. And that's probably the most common one that I see. I had some reservations about some of the incentive trusts I've heard of and seen. One thing I see is so long as you remain an active member of a particular faith, you will get my money. That doesn't seem to be a good idea. What do you think? Yeah, so then there are those areas that maybe are not against public policy, maybe not encouraging somebody to break the law, um, but they're still unpalatable. I mean, we don't want to hopefully, you know, tie money to religion and incentivize, you know, going to church for the wrong reasons. And we also have to remember that there is going to be a person who's going to have to enforce this. So the trustee, remember, the trustor, the person who makes the trust is a game maker. They set all the pieces out on the table and then the trustee is there to make sure that the rules are followed. Um, However, you know, if you put really squishy guidelines in, you're kind of putting your trustee in a really difficult position. Um, so, you know, if you say, as long as they're good citizens um, or as long as they're active members of my faith, okay, then what is a good citizen? You know, you're, you're leaving that trustee to decide what is a good citizen, what, cons- what constitutes active Do you have to go to church every week? Is Christmas and Easter okay? Um, Whereas if you have these more hard and fast standards with the education, you know, um, it's pretty clear to see when somebody gets a master's degree, um, you can can tell that's a clear standard. Um, Same thing with drug testing, you know, the drug test will come back negative. That's a pretty hard and fast standard. Yeah, I, I really can see a lot of conflict that could arise because you have to have a watcher. When you have an incentive trust, you have to have someone who watches the behavior of the person you're receiving the money. Because they could be off drugs on month one, but on drugs on month two. And they could be an active member of a faith on year one, and then on year two, maybe they're not so active. I think a parent or a loved one who's given a trust really needs to think hard about what's really important because there will be a lot of conflict or potential conflict from the creation of this incentive trust over the years. And maybe that's what they're intending to do. Maybe that's not, but yeah. Yeah. And I've also seen, you know, beneficiaries becoming resentful of their parents as well. If the standards are too squishy, they feel like their parents are trying to have too much control over them from the grave. I see this less, like I said, with the education ones, those are probably the most common. Um, same thing if there's a beneficiary who has a history of drug use, I see that less. But, you know, where it gets really squishy is, um, you know, they have to be a good citizen, active members of my faith, um, where you start to put on these values that are kind of vague. I know I want to haunt my children from the grave, and I know it's possible. I want to be able to control some aspect of their life if they're going to get my money. But I could also see that from our discussion today that the more you want to haunt your children from the grave, the more it's going to come back and haunt you. That we shouldn't really get too deep in the weeds with controlling our children or whoever we're giving our money to. Let me give you an example. I have heard of a case that didn't pass muster where the gentleman said, so long as you marry a good Jewish woman, son, you could have my money. That one didn't pass muster. Um, I've heard of other ones that are likely not to pass muster. 
it, that if you say to your gay son, so long as you marry a woman, that one's not likely going to pass the courts and will be found invalid. Um, what else have you heard about? Yeah, so I think when you get into the weeds with, um, you know, the minutiae level of control. So another one that I've seen is occupation. You know, I'm an attorney. I want all my kids to be an attorney because I love this profession. So I'm only going to pay out to you if you become attorneys. Or I'm a stay-at-home mom. I want all my daughters to be stay-at-home moms. So I'm going to only pay out if you become stay-at-home moms. Um, I think that when you get you know, too into the weeds, um, your kids can be, you know, can become resentful and it might end up haunting everybody else, not just you and your kids, but also the trustee and the people trying to enforce this. Yeah. I really think if you're going to have an incentive trust, it should be carefully thought out with an attorney who knows how to handle these types of trusts. And so if someone wants to get a hold of you, Sarah, and really try to come up with a good incentive trust. How would they do that? So, you know, if anybody wants to get a hold of me and, um, you know, wants to do one of these incentive trusts, um, my number is 480-733-6800. The information is also going to be in the show notes. Hey, thank you very much for coming out, Sarah. And thank you for listening to another episode of Is That Even Legal? Folks, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast, Is That Even Legal? A discussion of what's legal. Just as a reminder, this is not legal advice for you. This is general information. It's meant to be educational. If you have specific legal needs, don't be afraid to reach out to an attorney to get good legal advice. Attorneys are lovable. They're fun. They want to hear from you. See you next time. 